Welcome to Journal of the Toronto News and Arts. Uh, joining us today is Sina Bathai, composer and santur player. How are you, Sina? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started? I believe it was a very young age. Uh, that's correct. I was actually uh, fortunate because uh, my father is a santur player. Mm -hmm. He's a, a maestro back home. So uh, he always played santur. And uh, since I was a kid, like four or five years old, we had like so many santurs at home. And uh, when you're a kid, and it's actually fun, like you, you see those instruments as a kind of like a game, you know, it's just a piece of things right. that you can just play with it and make song, song with it. So it was pretty fun. So from the earliest stage, I was just playing santur and uh, it was always, that's how it started. And I was in the musical family. That's incredible. Yeah. So was there was fortunate. no theory. It was experimental. Yeah. And uh, in, in that the cool thing about it was that I always say that I'm really fortunate from that because my father was teaching a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, I was just always listening unconsciously when I was exactly. there. Right. And then later on, when I started to play some of those pieces, I was like, actually, I know this song from it the It all heart. just pulls <laughs> together. You already walk yeah, around. Yeah. So, you know, just I was exposed to music at the early stage. And that's incredible. And was this, uh, where was this happening at the time? Were you in Iran? Yes. Okay. Yes, I was born. Amazing. Iran. How long have you been here? I was here since, uh, since 2009, almost okay. uh, 11 Still years. pretty recent. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that being said, were you performing a lot in Iran before you came here? Uh, I was actually. Uh, uh, I was playing, I have my own band in Iran. Uh, it's called Sabok Ball, and we were playing together. Um, but a lot of things changed after my immigration. The mm -hmm. style of the music that I was playing. When I was in Iran, it was more traditional. I was playing santur in an all-traditional ensemble with other traditional instruments. Mm -hmm. But um, when I came here, uh, what I was playing on santur changed a little bit. It changed, like, now it's becoming a little bit more contemporary. Gotcha. So this style has been changed. But I was playing since I was in Iran. But where did that inspiration come from? Was it the change of location and freedom to do something more different? Or is it your audience in Iran that required a certain style of music? Uh, I think uh, after I came here, there were a lot of different factors. You know, when you immigrate and you're a musician, then you're seeking ways to be able to connect to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was here, I was in Montreal. I was by myself. I was 22 years old. Okay. I didn't know anybody. And uh, I was trying to seek people that I can actually play with and connect other musicians. And uh, my English was not good at the time, too. So, like, music was a right. way to be able to connect and make friends with people. Absolutely. And uh, for me, in order to be able to play with these other people, I need to tune my center in a more kind of contemporary way. So, uh just to let you know, like in Persian traditional music, we have like some micro tunes, scales, mm -hmm. but I've been tuning it a little bit differently in my sound tour to uh, like minor and major keys to be able okay. to play with other people that don't know like what are those like quarter notes. Right. So uh, that was one reason that, you know, uh, like I was keeping my sound tour in that tuning. I was just playing with other people. And then gradually, mm -hmm. uh, this contemporary kind of interpretation that I have from that traditional music came to the music. Like if people listen to that, they can easily see that you know it has roots in you know, like the Persian traditional radif and the music that we right. have back in Iran. 
but it has also its like own uh, contemporary style and version of it. That's a beautiful place for you, right? It's something completely different, the evolution and the process. And you just mentioned Radith music. You also play the oud. That's correct. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I also uh, play oud. I mean, again, uh, because I was really fortunate to be uh, in a family of musicians. Uh, so my father was always hanging out with other uh, masters. So mm -hmm. they would come to our place. We would go to their place. And uh, I actually... Uh, learned oud uh, because uh, my father needs oud in his band <laughs> so I said Sina we have enough Sandra players so <laughs> maybe you can now try play oud perfect yeah and uh, I loved it I, I actually I learned radif uh, with, uh, with oud I never actually took official Sandra mm -hmm. lessons from my father I was just learning on and off but for the radif which is the main uh, core part of Persian traditional music mm -hmm. I learned it um, with the instrument oud, and I went through all those uh, melodies. Amazing. I Do you perform here at all with the oud in any of your live shows? or? I uh, I did a couple of shows. Uh, I did one show with my father as part of the Cafe Music concert series that I had. That's great. Uh, with my father, I played oud and uh, sand tour. And uh, yeah, I actually... I, uh, I try to add these other instruments that I play in uh, in my music. I I bought a uh, Turkish baklama, actually, a saz okay. uh, from Turkey, and brought it in and uh, was trying to learn it and tune it a little bit differently and was adding it also to music. Because once you learn the fundamental of the music, then it's all about the techniques mm -hmm. that you can actually Add. And all these traditional music, they're more or less uh, similar in a way. When, once you know the concept, the concept of nothing needs to be perfect, you know, is all, yes. all right to be, you don't need to be per perfectionist, you know, it's all about the touch, about the feelings, how you are, you don't need to be a master. So mm -hmm. as far as you can actually master your techniques to be able to present what you have in your mind, what you feel, maybe in a very simple way in a new instrument, so you can actually use it and connect with people. So... Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm trying to use this and uh, not worry about what other people think. As far as far as I think, it will work with the music. I love you said that though, because that's very hard for many people in general. Never mind artists. So the whole idea of it doesn't have to be perfect. It's beautiful, and yes. I think we're also at a time everything has changed. So it's it's a good time to reassess how we need to do things and not focus on so much the perfection, but expressing ourselves through art. We also had the pleasure of seeing you last fall at Adelaide Hall. Amazing venue, incredible show, and you have a great team of uh, musicians. So did you want to tell us a little bit with how you came together with this group and um, the instruments? Absolutely. So that part and that project and uh, that setting of the band, uh, uh, it has uh, it's actually a little bit uh, more... Uh, post-rock, if I want to call it. It has mm -hmm. santur as a main instrument. It has a bass guitar, guitar, drum, percussion, and cello. So this is the whole setting. And it came gradually. I was at the 
uh, residency at the Banff Center for the Arts mm -hmm. in uh, 2013, and that was the first time that I actually started to uh, felt like, you know, I can add a little bit something to my Santour melody. So there was a cellist from New York. We sat mm -hmm. together, and I arranged one of my songs with cello, and they really uh, complement each other. So it really so matched very yes. well. And since then, things gradually uh, um, changed, and I felt like now I need to maybe I can add some guitar to this. So gradually, so each instruments that we saw in that concert was, has some roles and some weight uh, to the music. So gradually they, they have been added, guitar was added, and then I feel like, oh, I need to fill it with the bass. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it works because nothing is fighting. So everything is there because they have a role. And I didn't want to force things, you know, to just create something just for the sake of being different. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that uh, the music needed that. And the people that I was, have been playing with it, uh, I've been playing with for a while, and we really connect with each other. Yes. And uh, again, uh, I normally put a lot of uh, improvisations mm -hmm. elements in the live show, so because we feel each other, we can just improvise, and, and that also adds a beautiful element to all the live concerts that now we're missing for <laughs> unfor. <laughs> well, absolutely, because we felt that at the show, and like you said, there's there's no sound competing. It's it's a beautiful flow, and you can feel that, and your audience can definitely feel that. You know, in the last few months, the whole world's been interrupted by COVID. Everybody's feeling it, and the artists are feeling, and the live performance are feeling it in a completely different way. Um, can you tell us a bit of your experience and how this has affected you as a musician and your future plans? Uh, that's true. I guess uh, I can speak on behalf of all my musician friends that uh, it really uh, changed uh, our life uh, fundamentally because a lot of people have their uh, living out of the live music. They get their energies, all inspiration, mm -hmm. everything from uh, live music and the way you connect with people. I personally have uh, many shows canceled and the things that you plan ahead of time uh, at right. the concert at Aga Khan since last year. And, uh, and these are one part of it that... Uh, as an artist, uh, you're uncertain about how would future look like. You know, like uh, there is no clear answer about how mm -hmm. would actually live concerts come back to a normal way. That's something that would be the very, very last stage because, uh, you know, for everything else, you know, we can actually do something to make right. it happen. But for a live concert to get that energy, if, if people are standing, you know, you can't really isolate exactly. people in a club or putting them in a place. And uh, it definitely affects uh, uh, musicians. But on the other side, musicians also need some downtime, I believe, to work on their core material. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of time you get stuck in some kind of uh, live shows, tours, and uh, that uh, you don't really have time to rethink about your music, changing it, think about is there anything I can improve? Right. Or, you know, is there any idea that I had that I wanted to work on? So I, I found it actually from that part, it was good because right now 
is a slow time and uh, uh, you can have you can be focused on working on your project and you wouldn't wouldn't have any fear of oh my god something is going on i have to do something the pressure is off that's true in a different so way. you know that if you're at home everybody else is at home so mm-hmm. uh you know you always have this pressure from social media that you know people are doing this people have these shows i should do something otherwise right. you know but now it's it's, it's it's gone so you're more relaxed and comfortable to sit in your studio and try the ideas and work on the material and hopefully when things come back to normal uh you know i'm trying to be optimistic with the lack of the con- right. concerts that we had hopefully if everything opens people would really love to just see the live concerts again and uh, if you have good materials you can again uh, connect with uh, your fans and yes others. and i'm glad you said all of that because not everybody you know we all have our moments and I think a lot of artists lost a little bit of themselves or got confused and don't have all of the ideas. And it's important to remember it's a forced break, but everybody needs that break. It's a time to maybe uh, reorganize ourselves without the pressures. So you hit on all the good points over there. Um, so, and like you said, Aga Khan was one of the places you were performing. You've done a lot of uh, uh, festivals. Uh, anything else that is kind of off your list this year? Uh, there was, but uh, actually uh, some of the festivals, like what they are doing that I really appreciate uh, is they're trying to rethink the way that they can actually engage the artist. Uh, and uh, that has happened. I had actually recording two days ago as part of Edward Summer Music Garden. Oh, great. Uh, Botanical Garden. So yes. I went with my percussionist and we played a live concert that would be, that record was recorded and would be released next week. And um, people are thinking, the festival's directors are trying to rethink the way that they can still engage the artists, at mm-hmm. least to do some shows. And um, there was another uh, festival that was supposed to play uh, with a storyteller, Ariel Balavi, mm-hmm. at uh, Music Garden. And that one has been canceled, the live version, but uh, they changed the platform to do a virtual uh, concert. So we okay. did an offline recording. So uh, there are things that have been canceled and there are things that uh, they rethink uh, how um, we can do it as, a, uh, as an artist. And I really appreciate it because, you know, you feel like you're still in something. Absolutely. It's still yeah, very it's... rewarding, I'm sure, in a different way. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about the whole virtual aspect because it's a completely different experience for the performer and for the audience and you're not exchanging that energy in the space it changes everything so what's the difference for you right now well uh it's very different like the experience obviously everybody knows the experience of live music and virtual is so different so uh what i always think and uh, if i want to have a virtual show i really make sure that um it has something more uh, to offer to the uh, audience because uh, otherwise like why people should stay and see because Mm -hmm. so um, first of all like the sound quality should be really good because that's the first thing that people uh, connect with and then you should have like some uh, visual I I would love to see some kind of like visual things that I don't normally see if I'm doing Mm -hmm. a recording from my home like you know it just uh, I would love to see some of my artists playing how is their home studio that they are creating you know if people can talk about their home studio. Mm-hmm. So these are the other aspects that you don't see in the live concerts. And uh, like one other thing, uh, I had another live uh, live stream show as part of the Aga Khan Remix mm-hmm. Together festivals. And one advantage of playing from your home is also, um, especially if you're a multi-instrumentalist, so you have all this instrument at home, so you have the luxury to actually play them 
You know, okay. but in a live concert, you're limited to one. So, you know, you can actually use different instruments and show the audience different aspects of your artistic uh, flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would connect uh, with the people. So there are the things that we all should uh, do to be able to connect and uh, compensate about not having the live audience there. I, I love your um, energy and uh, positive view on all of this and how you're actually making the most of the situation as an artist. So it's really nice to um, have you and to share that with us. And I think it's quite motivational for other artists. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and one more thing. You've studied composition and orchestration for film at Berklee College. And, That's correct. I, and your songs have been used in some movies. That's correct. I, I did compose uh, music for some uh, some films. And uh, that was something also I always, always wanted to explore, to see, uh, because I'm, uh, my music is instrumental. And mm-hmm. uh, a, lot, a lot of time, uh, like people are saying that these is really uh, would work with a, a scenery. And that's all, what also uh, I see from those music, because it's instrumental. So it can actually work with some uh, scenery, some uh, movie and motion pictures. And I was thinking that... Uh, uh, I would love to actually try to see how I can I how can I uh, um, learn new techniques to actually use my music in the film mm-hmm. industry. So uh, I participated in that uh, program and learned all the techniques of orchestration using different uh, Western instruments, and uh, it actually really opened up. Uh, I, I'm really appreciated for that course because it mm-hmm. really opens up a lot of things for me. It gives me a lot of tools that Absolutely. I normally don't have. Now I know like, oh, I can really use these cellos and like these lines of like, you know, orchestration with my music and it adds a lot of elements to it. So even if I'm not composing for films, but I can use it in also my own music. So to add some orchestrations, you know, to add some elements to it. And uh, yeah, that was one of my passions also to get into the film industry, which is still going on. Which is great because... Maybe that's one of the things you're going to do. And do you also teach at all? I do, actually, yeah. And uh, I uh, do teach uh, Santur and setar and a little bit of a piano to people. And because it's actually um, the way I wanted to always to talk with the students is that I learn a lot of things in a way and that uh, I want to tell people that things not, doesn't need to be perfect. And, you know, instead of going to a structured kind of like way that mm-hmm. a lot of people go to schools, there are other ways, you know. So I always wanted people to know the reasons that they are learning any specific things in that instruments and they can really connect with. Because if you're not connecting with what you're learning, it wouldn't work. You should really know that why am I learning these techniques? What would it add to me? What can I do with it? So I'm always trying to explain things that, uh, all right, this is for this reason, and later on you can do this kind of mm-hmm. melody with it. So then people get engaged. and uh, So that's something that I always love to teach if I have time. That's amazing. Well, honestly, this was really refreshing, having you in and talking <laughs> to you. Thank you. I hope that we can have you back here again, and we're excited to see you live. Thank you very uh, much. The next opportunity that we have. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to that too. Yes, us too. And guys, don't forget to join us on Facebook and Instagram under News and Arts. And we will see you next time. 